0: Hi, welcome to the HCPN, the Honeycomb Prayer Network. Now, as we have been going through, we are doing a series right now, the Garden Series, and we do have also our Pop Word series. So if you haven't touched those, the first one's about intimacy with Christ. The second one is about terminology that we often do not understand because it's just used very flippantly or people don't research it. So if you are in either one of those camps, it would be a wonderful thing for you to be able to look at those videos. So we are glad that you are checking these things out, that you are being able to have resources. But we wanted to talk about this idea of interpretation. So This can apply to dreams, this can apply to reading, it can apply to life, it can apply to visions, it can can apply to a million different things. And it's the idea of interpreting symbols. So symbols are things that have meaning. All images are symbols and they have a positive or negative meaning. That at the same time, so there's going to be a, a, a pro and a con when you see a duck, it could be you're scared of ducks or it could be a beautiful creature. That's an example. It can have a positive and negative meaning to each symbol you receive. And symbols are interpreted based on the connection they have, the context that they are in. So if you have a symbol and you have it in a certain context that duck is a really nice duck in one context. And in the other context, it could be trying to take over the world and super evil. So it really depends on the context of a symbol. But moving on, there are all sorts of things that you could come into this understanding of. So when we are talking about symbolism, and we're talking about hermeneutical study, what is hermeneutics? It's the correct understanding of scripture. Now you can do this. This is called literary analysis. So if you don't understand this process of analysis, there are a lot of resources out there that will help you gain understanding. And there's even a book I would recommend that I went through called They Say, I Say, or I Say, They Say. I can never remember if it's They Say, I Say, or I Say, They Say. You can go look and find that material online. And it's this idea of processing things and adding to conversation that is also written from a very liberal standpoint if i'm honest it says that the duck can be any number of things and in a general sense that's true but sometimes the symbol that you have it literally just means the symbol it can it really depends on the series of symbols what's going on etc moving forward if we go through this idea of study we have the meaning of what the symbol means as well. So you would want to go and you want want to go look up the meaning of what that word, that symbol, that thing, what has been previously written about it before you make up what you think that symbol means. Another point to take is that sometimes a symbol could appear in a dream, in a book, in life, to a person a certain way and to another, it's not the same thing. So what you see is not necessarily going to be the same interpretation that another person will get out of the same symbol. At a certain point though, we have to avoid saying that this can mean, well, it just means this and going way over the top with interpretation where you're extrapolating things, you're pulling things into it that should never be tied to the meaning of what it is. So we've got to have a fine line between the ability to have a decision and to have a feeling and the reality that it it is what it is that's an example of what people say of art it is what it is well with all due respect it is a go a toilet glued to a wall sometimes it is just exactly what it is it can speak of a lot of different things for the person that did it but sometimes the symbol it literally is what it is and going and trying to interpret it to mean something so sophisticated and so ethereal and detachable and super super like based on your emotions, it just like gives me energy, all that stuff, you really, as someone who needs to try to find the meaning of it, if you're trying to find the meaning of a symbol, you cannot first base it on first impression alone, or what you think it is, or the way that you feel about the symbol. That is an issue that will actually cause people not to study, not to look things out, that they will always be content in their previous understanding of what that thing is, versus studying it, researching it. Has there been somebody else that's researched the topic? And there's a lot of understanding you can pull and you can grow from. Okay, so here is something interesting. When we are talking about a symbol, we need to understand a few things. You should be able to ask these type of questions whenever you're going through an analytical process. Now, if you're super, super churchy, you might hear this, that statement stated like this, you need to really discern and have a balance of scripture. Okay, so let's bring it back. Let's actually make it applicable because having all those churchy answers does not help anybody. It actually brings more confusion than it, than it helps. So here's the deal. There are about maybe five or six questions that you can ask who, what, when, where, why, whenever you are going through what I'm going to call hermeneutical analysis. That's probably what this clip will be labeled Is the tool of hermeneutical analysis. So whenever we're talking about hermeneutical, we're talking about what does scripture say about what you just saw. Not do what you feel that this thing is that's where a lot of people can error and they base everything they go through on what their experience says and Their feeling says rather than what it actually is Sometimes we can have a symbol stand for something else Than what we think that it stands for than what it first appears So here's a couple of questions that you can ask you can ask who what when where why and how so this is a great way to understand or quote quote discern we do have a video on discernment i'm responding this way because people will say this hogwash church language that does not bring clarity and does not bring understanding and actually leaves people in a place of well they're more confusion than actually Help. It's a spiritual answer. Well, you just need to be discerning and you just need to know the, the scriptures. Or you could look at the fact that maybe you need to not just know the scriptures, you need to study the scriptures out and actually get the meaning behind what something says. And that's true of an article online, that's true of a book, of a news report, of a media, of a broadcasting. A lot of individuals are broadcasting on their social media platforms very quickly without looking into things. They say things based on how they feel, not based on understanding. And even myself, I made a, a statement earlier this week. I put a post up and I, I know how things and how systems are in effect. And I'm willing to go study that out. The question is, are you? So it's one thing to get a impression of a symbol or an icon. An icon is a representative of another thing. Uh, And that's a very loose interpretation of that word. But when you have symbols, the hardest thing is to understand the context that a symbol is in. Not a symbol, because that duck in this example, the duck example, is if that duck takes over the world because he's the spirit of death is in the duck. So if I keep having dreams of a duck, I'll be led to believe that it's the spirit of death. But what happens in Scotland when they think gut, ducks or goose are the Holy Spirit? Okay, so we got an issue there. Does it mean the spirit of death or does it mean the Holy Spirit? It can mean either. So this is a double entendrum and, and they are juxtaposed, meaning that they are on opposite sides of the coin. So we have got to understand That when we do hermeneutical studies and analysis, especially concerning dreams, I was asked to give my input on dreams, which is why we're making this tool, uh, the hermeneutical analysis tool, available to talk about how to go into depth and what it means to go in depth. And it means to go beyond what the first impression is. It is very important to write down all of the things you experience, especially if you're dreaming. In a dreaming, every detail is important. I was on a phone call the other day and this individual was at a place and in this dream, they were at a place and they were doing this and they were so caught up with trying to get through the dream to the stages of the dream that they refused to see because they just didn't slow down. They were having a a dilemma of slowing down where they were. So when they were in that place, there were details in that place, in the dream. So we've got to slow down and take a record of everything. It doesn't necessarily mean that everything will be super, super important and phenomenal and cosmic power. It doesn't necessarily mean that. But what it does mean is that those things could be important, especially if your dreams have patterns. See, dreams often go through cycles. People will dream dreams and have themes. There's many people that will have dreams that will be like an episode here, and the next episode, the next dream takes off, where the last episode ended. So we need to understand this idea of dreaming, of this place of dreaming, that we have got to be in. We've got to be able to be in this place of dreaming and interpreting the meaning according to the context that it's in. If you go on and you have a dream or you have a vision or you have a hope or whatever it is, if you have a sermon, you know, and you think you get it together or you're writing a book or whatever it is that you're doing, but we're we're talking about this in light of dreaming. So we'll stick with that vein of thought. In light of dreaming, we've got to understand that the interpretation goes in multiple layers. There is the initial interpretation, what does it mean to you? And you will always extrapolate a meaning based on the things that you're going through in your life, what you've been through, and what you're about to go through. Then there's the meaning, what does it mean to the church? And then there's a, a maybe a national meaning. What does it mean to the nation or nations? And then you have continents, and then you have the entire world, global domination. Yeah, I mean, those are diff- different levels. And anybody, anywhere in life, can get a dream or have a vision or have whatever that has anything to do with all of those levels. Now, here's a question that was posed and is often brought up concerning dreaming. People that talk about dreaming, they often will say that if the dream is bad, you shouldn't pay attention to it. That is from the devil and you should toss it aside. I want to sometimes, if I I may be so candid, slap that person in the face and really wake them up. So here's the issue with that statement. So if you just toss out every bad dream, what happens when you run across that place in scripture where it says, you terrorize me with the terrors of the night? Okay. We know in scripture that the prophets of old had dreams that were not good. Quote, quote, fluffy and encouraging and all of this way over the top stuff that we think dreaming should be. Now, a lot of people will say it's just that the meal you ate the night before. I think that's pretty, pretty limiting. Even if it is from the enemy, we know that if we see something from the enemy He is revealing what he's doing. So you can actually learn if you take that dream, whatever dream you have, whether it's good or evil, and you seek the Lord on it, what is the Lord's opinion of your dream? Maybe that dream will encourage somebody else. You think it's a horrible dream. To them, it's amazing. You never, never will know. One of the things in the scriptures is it says that all things will be reconciled and the Lord will redeem all, un, all things unto himself. So that dream that's evil and wicked and, and the nightmare dream, you got to ask the Lord, what does he say about it? Because there's a good chance he's revealing the plans of the enemy. In scripture, we see that Isaiah and, or excuse me, yeah, Isaiah, I believe, was a prophet that was told things And people were wanting to kill him. I believe it is Isaiah, but you can correct me if I'm wrong. Feel free to reach out if I I am wrong. But many of the prophets would know about the plans of the enemy. In the middle of the night, they knew. Like one of the prophets went to David and they said, there's a man that did this. And David's like, you should do this. And the prophet's like, that man is you. And David's, ah, you know, so he freaks out, you know. And it's a bit comical, sure, but I want to point out this because there is a misunderstanding that you should just toss the dreams out that are horrible. And I believe that when you do that, you are not being a good steward of your life. You're not. Because you, there's a thought that you should not dwell on anything ever, ever, you shouldn't seek out anything ever that is wicked, So here's the issue. If that's the case, then we shouldn't listen to any article, any news report. We should turn off the news right when a wreck happens if it's not super, super uplifting and way over the top, way encouraging, like the cute little puppies. That's not the reality of the world that we live in, nor is that a reality of someone who should be discerning or knowledgeable of the times that we live in. A lot of people like the idea of being from the tribe of Issachar. Well, they were in scriptures and chronicles, it talks about how they were able, there were 200 men and the relatives, and they were able to be knowledgeable and discerning of the times that they were in and that what was the best course of Israel to take in their time. So what is that talking about? They were knowledgeable of the things that were going on in the world. They were aware of world events in connection to scripture. They also had this idea of what was going on in the heavens. But I would love to make a podcast later going into more detail on those things. I'm not talking about the tribe of Iskar. I'm just talking about the process of how to interpret dreams when you are given them. So the more that you write dreams down, the more clarity that you are going to have. And the more details, the details. It's all about... The details, the story, the oceans rage and the boat moves across the waters and there in the distance. You see what I'm saying? You have a a background. You have this, this narrative. When you watch a movie, you don't just see a person floating on a screen with there's no floor, there's no chair, there's no table, there's no building. It's just them floating and there's nothing there until suddenly the next di- line of dialogue. No, in fact... You see the room, you see the person, you see the window, there's a cut scene, it goes into these things, and we see that on YouTube, we see that everywhere, and that's the deal with stories. So your dreams, these visions, whatever, that even as a writer, if you're a writer and you're following us and you're like, oh, that's a great idea, that's cool, I picked it up. Uh, How do I record? How do I be a scribe? What is the, you know, all that stuff. The idea is you've got to take down the details. And you need to go do research first before asking somebody's opinion. So if you have a dream, you're like, I had this crazy dream. I mean, there was a horse last night. It doesn't matter what dream you you have. They're going to tell you what they think. They're going to tell you. And chances are, they're not going to have any research. They're going to tell you what they feel. Well, I feel this horse is about you being uncertain. Well, it may be. It may not be. So you have to judge when people interpret your words as well. So if you're seeking out interpretation, but you haven't actually studied it out for yourself, you're kind of shooting yourself in the foot. It's not a good idea to simply just share your dream without doing any research. There are 66 books of the Bible, the books of the Bible alone, not talking about the commentaries that people have written throughout the centuries or what is the common accepted interpretation of a symbol. A lot of people go into Defining and interpreting symbols by what they think and their opinion. Here's the issue. Our opinions are normally wrong. If you take some time, if you take time to go discern symbols, to research, my goodness, would it be a shocker to actually see people read today? to get off of social media. And I'm on a platform right now, I'm podcasting, we're going all over the world in different podcasts, we're in Anchor, Spotify, all sorts of areas. You know, we have six different platforms when I make this recording later, I'm sure we'll have more if you're coming back later. But as of the moment, we're on multiple platforms. So what is the issue here is that I spend a lot of time looking up things, writing, being analytical, being able to take criticism, right? We don't like the opinion of another person sometimes on the symbol. Sometimes we think that we have the final say. Let me rephrase that. Most of the time we think we have the final say on what we are experiencing. And that's actually also an area of difficulty. It's one of the areas that people rarely, if somebody's gifted, especially if somebody's gifted as a writer or it, say they have the gift of interpretation, you, can, you constantly go to them for interpreting. At a certain point, you're not really... Like, they're doing it because they, they can and they're willing, but you're not being really kind to them if you always have a dream and you always go to people first. I believe it's actually a lack of maturity if people always say, oh, I had a dream last night. It's this, 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 this. Because what it tells me is they're not willing to seek the Lord. Usually, they're not willing to go do research and they're not willing to pray about it. See, the more that you pray about it, the more that you write down, the more that you're going to remember about your dreams. It's just the case. Um, I do have dreams. There are people that have much more dreaming than I do. But when I have dreams, I try to get to the place where I can start interpreting them and writing them down. Just like I need to write down a dream that I had the other day on paper. Now, a lot of times I do, uh, we have a prophetic blog. So a lot of the dreams that we get as intercessors at the Honeycomb House of Prayer in Burleson, we upload there, our leadership team that leads the Honeycomb Prayer Network here, we upload prophetic words. So that was also a hint that you should go check us out there if you if you want uh to have a prophetic blog you're welcome to check us out on facebook but we are excited to see the lord do amazing things but all of this comes out of the place of being like a berean you know silas who went with paul the great apostle did you know that silas wrote down most of the records that we have On Paul's missionary journey. He went on two-thirds of the missionary journey. We only know about the exploits of Paul because Silas wrote the letters. Unless Paul was in prison, which was the last part of his ministry, the last maybe three years, he was in ministry for years. Most of that time, he was running around with this guy named Silas, who was a trained sage and scribe. And he wrote down everything. He did research. He was able to prophesy, preach, etc. So what am I pointing out with this character, Silas? Okay, Silas later helped the apostles in Jerusalem put together the Acts of the Apostle. It's not the Book of Acts. It's the Acts of the Apostle. What did the apostles do in light of having the Holy Spirit? So without proper hermeneutical analysis you will never ever you will not you will not get to a place of true maturity where you have clarity to the point where you start helping others you will always lack severely and everything in your interpretation will be a Gnostic one and your experience you shouldn't discredit it should not be your emotions or your feelings that predominantly guide you. Because the heart is wicked exceedingly above all else. Now, when we come into contact with Scripture, it changes, but that still is a wrestling that we have to combat and center our lives on the Word and on Scripture and on knowing it. Those are a few tips about hermeneutical analysis concerning dreaming. Dreaming, everything about dreaming, involves the scenery. What is the setting? What's the context? What's going on in your life? What's going on in the nation? Being able to connect things. That is what symbolism is all about. I hope that you've enjoyed this research uh, topic from the honeycomb concerning dreaming analysis. We hope that you will follow us on this podcast on whatever platform that you've found us here and you can always support our work that we do. Uh, right now we can uh, be supported by you going on Cash App, PayPal, or Venmo and our, our note there is Honeycomb HOP if you'd like to give towards that and that will go towards our humanitarian efforts, starting businesses, all sorts of things, that if you'd like to hear more of this content then sewing and and giving and supporting the work that we do here, however you you want to phrase it, it will all be beneficial. And we're so grateful for those that already support us and give to us. We're so thankful because without you, we can truly not do the things that we do. Well, until next time, Shalom, and we will see you Then, shalom Alekum. This has been a podcast of the Honeycomb Prayer Network. If you would like more information, you can email us at honeycomb, excuse me, H-O-P, honeycomb, at gmail.com. That was Shanon Moshe, the director of the Honeycomb House of Prayer, leader of the HCN Honeycomb Prayer Network. We'd like more, if you'd like more information, you can reach out to us here or at the on our Facebook, and we would love to engage you. You can find us there, and until then, shalom, and we will talk to you at a later time.